The same way that like Amazon was Earth's biggest bookstore in the beginning, we want to be Earth's biggest closet. Someone asked her what you should wear to like a UFO sighting and she gave like athletic clothes because she was like, you might have to run. There are things that you can do with Ari that you can't do with people and it like allows people to be even more creative. That's what I'm focused on. There's a greater ability to dream when you don't know actually like everything that could go wrong, you know? And so like that enables you to build something that could actually turn into a billion dollar company. So I have Lior Cole with me today, excited for you to join me. It's super cool that we just met randomly like a couple of weeks ago and then, you know, out of the blue and now we're filming a podcast, we're going to talk about your exciting business you're creating and what led you to it. But uh, thanks for joining me today and welcome to the Fosterfy podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. And yeah, I feel like this is how how all good things happen. Kind of just like one, things, one thing rolls into the other and it starts from just like meeting at a random event. <laughs> yeah. So you have a really cool background and I want you to, you know, tell your story. Um, I know a little bit about it, but I think it's something that uh, it's not definitely not something everybody goes through in their life. So yeah, we get into your business shop RE that you're starting. If we could just go through a little bit of your background, I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I got my background is basically just getting really lucky and meeting the right people, being in the right place at the right time. So it started at, well, I usually start at like, I was studying computer science at Cornell. Um, and then I was on break from school and I was just in Washington Square Park in New York City with my friends. And this designer, Bacheva Hay, was like, are you a model? And I was like, no, for context, I know you know, because we met in person, but this Zoom doesn't allow for, for this knowledge. I'm six feet tall. So that's why she was like this very tall person. Like, let me ask if she's a model. Um, and I was like, no, I wasn't signed by anyone. I didn't do any modeling. And so she asked me to do this like Vogue runway photo shoot on the spot, like right there um, for her new collection. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, of course I'm gonna say yes to that. Um, I totally didn't think that it was actually gonna be in Vogue runway, but I was like, whatever, let me just like do it. Why not? Um, and so, yeah, we did that shoot. And then it actually was in Vogue Runway and like IMG models signed me worldwide right away. I, my first um, gig with them, um, you know, as like an official signed model was opening Proenza, the Proenza Schooler Runway Show. Um, and then after that, I went to like Milan and Paris and I did like all the runway um, like shows there. And then um, I, so I took the semester off from school because I actually didn't realize that fashion week meant like week in every city and not just one week. So my professors were like, where are you? It's been like over a month. And I was like, I'm in Europe. Like I can't go to the freelance or whatever. Um, so I took a semester off because of that. And um, yeah, around the same time, I got some press around like this other AI project that I made just for fun. It was it was a really small thing. It was it was very similar to ChatGPT. It was basically like a Jewish ro AI robot. <laughs> but um, because it was pre-ChatGPT, people were like freaking out. I guess that they could like talk to AI. Um, and so that press kind of associated me with my tech background when I was working as a model on my semester off. And it facilitated all these conversations with these really, um, you know, like high up industry leaders in, in fashion about the potential of like AI and fashion and merging, merging the two. And so that's when I started thinking about like what I could be building. And I just started building stuff. Um, and then eventually we got like a VC offer. I, I took another semester off and IMG started working with me um, on it and then eventually it just dropped out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you had uh, some good alternatives than going to school. So um, 
But as you got more into the fashion industry and you've spoken to people, like is your experience of just being found on the street, is that one that other people have or is that extremely like rare? It's extremely rare. I would also say that while my story is very exciting, the only reason I did that shoot was because I like Val, like Bacheva, the designer was like there. So I saw her and I was like, this is clearly legit. And the other big reason that I did it was because it was outside. So like I was already in Washington Square Park and now I'm just taking pictures there. Like what's what's going to happen? You know, like I would have never done it if we had to like go inside of a car, or, like go inside of a building. So just an emphasis on like that almost never, ever happens. Like just don't get excited if someone comes up to you next and you're like, I'll do this Vogue shoot, come into my van. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and so like, are you still modeling now or are you only focusing on the company? Yeah, I still, I still actively model and build a company. There are a couple of different types of modeling and um, some are less time consuming than others. And it's also like your relationship with your manager. Like I do a lot of like high end stuff and like editorial stuff and, and that doesn't happen like every day. So it gives me a lot of like freedom to be able to like build my company um, when I'm not working. And then when I am working, I have my team that I rely on. So let's get into your company, Shop Ari. Um, let's learn everything about it. I'm very interested. It seems like, you know, two um, awesome industries coming together. I know it's fashion and AI, so, but I'll let you explain more about it and learn more. Yeah. So basically what I saw was that there's kind of this newfound expectation of the personalized um, delivery of, of content online and through this like conversational um, sort of like sentiment based interaction. What I mean by that is like the difference between like Google and, and ChatGBT, where like that's the delivery of content specifically to information. Whereas before you're looking up like a specific thing and you're getting these like very manual like uh, responses. Um, and then with ChatGPT, like you're having this sort of like humanized experience with this conversation and it's picking up like sentiment, um, you know, from your from your query and the the delivery of information is very personalized for you. And that could be like applied to not only information, but like if you want to look up a movie, like you can look up a specific movie on Netflix or it just gives you like picks for you or like you can look up like the genre that you want, you know, same with like songs and and like everything else. So, but then when you go to shop for like clothing, you're looking at like endless inventory. You have to manually look up like a product description if you want to actually like refine that. And you have to go to like the individual brand that you already know of. So there's like no brand discovery. Like it's very difficult to like actually curate um, outfits that are very like perfect for your like aesthetic without having like actual training in it because the like in styling and stuff like that because the algorithm is just not set up to help you it's only set up to like match you to specific things that you exactly looked up you know um so we're so we're very focused on like solving that and so what i did was i built this avatar named ari and she signed actually by img as a model also like as a virtual model i guess um and she like her utility is that she's an AI personal shopper. So like you can go to Ari and say like, what should I wear to my sister's wedding instead of like, show me a suit, you know, and then she shops for you agnostic to the brand specific on your um, personal style. So how does the tech actually work? Like, are you scraping the Internet? And then like, how do you yeah, how does the tech work and how does it functioning? Yeah, so the tech is the most complicated part, there's a lot of ways to build a recommendation system. And with fashion, what I'm focused on is 
making sure that the recommendation system actually picks up on this like intangible style that people have rather than just like matching them with the, the optimized results. So what I mean by that is like, you can build a recommendation system that is optimized on like previous, um, previous clicks exclusively. Meaning like if I liked floral print stuff and I bought a bunch of floral print stuff, like um, it's just going to recommend that because it knows that that's like the optimal, you know, like chance of, of a conversion. But for me, I'm like, that's not really how stylists work. Like they know that you already have floral print. So now they're going to like understand what that style is indicative of, and then like give you options that are in the same style, but will satisfy like another area of your closet. And then in the same vein of that thought is like also giving you recommendations that are outside of your comfort zone that to test kind of like your limits and like see, show you things in like a new light, but not going too far outside of that comfort zone, meaning like giving recommending like a skirt for you you know like you would just be like i'm not going to use this app anymore so that's kind of like a long answer to say that the recommendation system isn't something that has like a couple line answer of like how it works but overall we use like vector search and we use a lot of like sentiment analysis on on the the query and we use a lot of like um a hybrid between like a collaborative filtering approach and like a content-based filtering approach to really try to like capture that intangible, um, intangible style. That's, that's like key to the, the core product. So if like an individual makes an account, does the searching get to know them better over time? Or is that just all of the people on Shoppery? Um, or is it like individualized? Yeah, it's individual. Well, it's it's both. It's like individualized, but in the sense of like, if someone is very similar to you, there's going to be like content collaborative filtering is like, we're kind of doing like cross analysis on like um, something that someone else bought that usually buys it in the same style as you versus you and then like cross uh, recommending those products. The the emphasis on on using that approach, like integrating that approach into the into the system is like, I was like, how do we solve this problem of like, when you have like a blazer that is good for a job interview, but then you also have a blazer that's good for like a grungy, like basement party or something, you know, like the data labeling system is going to recognize it as the same because it has all the same like actual features, but a human would be like, I can send, see that this vibe is different, but like, how do you data label vibe, you know? And, and like, my conclusion was that you can't, but you can, like just use other people to be like, well, this person has this vibe and this person has this vibe. Like they're going to like the same blazer versus like, you know, like the two people who are like going to the grungy, you know, concert versus like the two people who are like the CEO of like some fortune 500 country company, like they're going to like the same the same blazer, you know, we don't have to know why. Mm -hmm. And with the spotlight that has been put on AI recently, I would imagine that you know, big fashion companies aren't just like sitting back. So do you have direct competitors from like the big players in the fashion space or do you think you're finding your own niche? Yeah. So we definitely, I definitely love, first of all, the fact that like this demand is kind of almost like forcing fashion, the fashion industry to like look at the options, because I do think that there's so much potential to expand creative boundaries using this technology within creative spaces like fashion. And without this like pressing demand, I think the the reputation of AI is this like a rote tool that like squashes creativity would kind of prevent um designers or, or just like the mass the mass uh creator i guess in in the fashion space to stray away from like experimenting but yeah we do have some 
there's always going to be competitors for, for anything that has potential. Um, I think the key here is the ability to translate, like for my ability to, to kind of like oscillate between like a deep understanding of fashion working within the industry. And then also like a deep understanding of the actual tech implementation um, as an engineer, because it's really hard to translate like a deep fashion understanding and a deep technical understanding between like a, a fashion, you know, expert, like CEO or something and like a technical CTO. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think having both of those areas of expertise, I guess, in one person is really, has been really beneficial. <laughs> so I think sometimes talking about like tech, um, like you're very involved in the space. I just talk about it and read about it a lot. So sometimes we can talk about it like this stuff is easy to understand, but it may not be. So if I could try to explain the business in the like base simplest terms possible, and you could tell me if I'm right, I would say like, you know, there's stores like Macy's who are retail stores now who have a bunch of different options, but what you're trying to build is like a platform that would have all the options available. And instead of having to walk around the store, you would just <clears throat> say what you're looking for and it would just show right to you like immediately. So, it would, you know, exactly. You have all the options available and you could go directly to what you want. Exactly. It's like the curation problem, like the, the lack of curation in, in fashion, um, like shopping today. We're solving that basically. I've been saying this right. Shop Ari, right? Shop Ari. Yeah. Cause Ari is the, the avatar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's get into the avatar. So she is, I believe a female right now. So is this, uh, is your initial launch targeted to women at first? and then expanding to men after that? Or do you think it's already both? Or how do you view that? So I found through conversation, and this might just be because these are the people that I'm around the most, but the people who are most excited about this are like one, the most obvious, which is like the female consumer that is like excited about fashion and loves the idea of like brand discovery and like amplifying their their you know personal, personal style and, and everything else. And on the flip side, the other equally excited consumer I would argue possibly even more is like the tech bro that like doesn't want to think about what to wear but still wants to look cool but also doesn't want to ask anyone for help like can go to this this avatar so I I'm thinking a lot about how we're going to launch it I do think we're possibly going to launch it just with a female consumer because it makes the AI easier to trade. Like, I don't want to confuse the AI between the two. However, I am also skeptical about doing that because one of the biggest um, areas that I've been looking at for the recommendation system specifically is like the ability to detect how someone wants to dress on a masculine to feminine scale. Like in the beginning, when we have like the onboarding form or whatever, it's going to ask you like, are you female or male? But I don't want that to mean that like, the avatar is exclusively recommending, you know, like only female products if you are a female, because like this is a men's shirt, like half my closet is men's, like it it oscillates. So I think we're gonna launch with with just the female consumer, but it's definitely not gonna stay like that because I see this as like the female and male consumer isn't just like two different products, it's actually like one. And so are you like partnering with brands right now where people can buy the product? all inside of your ecosystem or do they have to like click on a product and then go to that website and buy it? Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. It's like mass outreach to brands. Um, it'll be like, you can, you can buy it in store. So the same way that inside of the app. So like um, the same way that you go on like the Nordstrom website and you can buy like a Louis Vuitton, whatever, like 
inside of the website. Like it's the same, it's the same concept. We're kind of, I'm looking at this as like, if we're solving this like curation problem, like we should have access to every, every fashion brand. So our goal right now is the same way that like Amazon was earth's biggest bookstore in the beginning. Like we want to be earth's biggest, um, closet. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. So if you're a fashion brand, email me. (laughs) (laughs) I would like, that is an awesome, like, um, goal to reach, but I would imagine that like, say Nike would just want to implement your technology on their website as like a little pop-up. So someone could just be like, I'm looking for this and it would take you right to it. Could would yeah. you imagine yourself ever doing that or would you want to keep it all on your platform? Yeah, I'm definitely open to, and like part of our business model is in the future going to be like white labeling this for, for brands. I do think that the value proposition of the white label tool is different than the value proposition of someone uh, from a consumer standpoint, like from someone using Ari. And the reason is like Ari is, she's not tied to one brand. Like she will shop for you across everything versus if you're on the Nike website and you want to just like get help within the Nike ecosystem, like that's an, another value prop that uses the same backend, but it's a different sort of like experience. So talking about the business plan, can you talk a little bit about how you're planning to monetize it? Because it's like a free to use um, tool right now, right? Yeah, we're experimenting with a couple a couple different options. Um, and I, I'm just like of the mindset of, I want to make the best product possible. And then we'll, we'll, there are so many things like routes to monetization that we can go in. Um, my first priority though, is just making a product that everyone wants to use and then figuring it out. (laughs) Would you allow brands to like promote their products more than the algorithm would suggest initially, or would you keep it true to where like, it's going to suggest the best option, no matter what the brand is or. Yeah. I'm definitely not good. So a lot of, a lot of people have asked me this, like, this is a, an SEO play, like let certain, you know, brands elevate above others. Um, I'm totally against that. I, I think there's a clear antiquated system right now for how people shop. And the thing that's going to create the inflection point is going to be the thing that has the best user experience and anything that gets in the way of that, like ranking something above, like ranking like a certain product above a different product because of like a monetization stream rather than just personal prep, like what would be best for the user is the thing that is not going to win, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, I think I agree with that. I'd rather actually get the best suggestion or what it thinks is the best suggestion. Um, so in a previous podcast, you talked a little bit more in depth about the avatar Ari and how people were kind of getting attached to it in a way, I guess, in your beta program. Can you yeah. speak on that a little bit and, you know, what the role of the avatar is with the company? Yeah, I think there's a clear difference between the relationship with a consumer when you're using a search bar versus when you're using a an, a humanized, like, avatar interaction um that's what i'm like the most excited about that's really the motivation behind ari overall was like i recognize that when people were interacting with something like even chat gbt like this was one of our earliest tests like you just like figuring out what the product was was seeing the difference between like how people interact with chat gbt which is just a search bar even though it is a conversation which is like a human sort of interaction versus like i made ari she looked very different then it was just like a base meta human like unreal engine avatar connected her to chat gbt and then saw how people would interact with that 
and it was like drastically different like people were had just I could sense like more inherent trust in the avatar because it's a face versus the search bar even though the results were like the, the back end was the exact same um so yeah when people have had their first exposure to Ari like they tend to reference her in future interactions with me as like a friend versus you would never hear that for like Google, you know? <laughs> so you're trying to like keep a human element, even though it's AI and, you know, it's all online. You see yeah. people are relating more to having like a human element within it. Yeah. I, I see it as from a macro scale of like the evolution of technology has just, I guess, been delivered in a more and more um, seamless integration into humanity, I guess, at, at large from like, the way that I see it is like all the way back, like think about information retrieval as like a good example of like, first you would have to like go to a physical library to like get any sort of information. And then you could go to like a search engine like Google or something. And then you could go to ChatGPT, which is like even more integrated into what is like natural for a person, which is like this conversational interaction. And like the next evolution of that is like, people are the most familiar with like interacting with another human face. And that's, that's kind of the, the motivation. I think you mentioned that Ari is an IMG model. Like, yeah. what is that relationship? Is she gonna, like, how are they planning to use her or what is that gonna become? Yeah, so I, I that's kind of like the excite. Well, I think all of this is the exciting part, but one of the reasons that I'm excited about that is, or I guess even answering that question is just like, we don't really know yet. Like this is the first, this, this is like new terrain. So what we do know is that I'm also a model with IMG. So we will be modeling together and separately. Like I do want her to also have for like her own identity and it's not a digital double of me. Like it, she has her unique, you know, like aesthetic and everything. Um, but yeah, we don't, we don't really know what that's going to look like. We know that we can put her into campaigns and we know that we can have her do things that humans can't like she glows and things like that. Um, but I think it's just going to be an iterative process of like starting with one thing that like project that excites us and then just continuing to grow from there and like test the limits, stuff like that. So mentioning that like she can glow and has non-human abilities. So yeah. the idea not to make like a fashion where she's modeling in a fashion thing that she looks human and you can't even tell the difference. Like you're yeah. to tell that she's AI. Yeah, I was very adamant. I actually created her myself in the beginning. And when I was designing her, I was very adamant about making her glow, like her eyes are purple. She's very clear, like having some um, accentuated features that you would never see in a person or in a human person, I guess. Um, and the reason is like, I don't, I see this as like an expansion of where like fashion and modeling can go. I don't see this as like a replacement. So like the business model that I could have gone into after I figured out how to build her is like just creating all these virtual avatars and like replacing humans and, and the whole thing. But I see this as like, there are things that you can do with Ari that you can't do with people. And it like allows people to be even more creative. And that's what, that's what I'm focused on versus like making her something that um, is like indistinguishable between a person. Um, part of this also is that like people ask me, like, do I think that these avatars are going to replace human jobs and things like that? To some extent, I think there's going to be some like initial pain in the sense of like, 
when there's a, a model that is like doing e-com all day, like, and there's no sort of like creativity in it, meaning like they're just standing like straight. And the only thing that changes is like, they change in and out of the outfit and like, there's no posing, there's no like art direct, like there really isn't anything. I think that's at risk because I, but I also think that that's actually a good thing in the long term because it, if people don't have to do that anymore and they can replace that with like an automated system, then they have more time and more room to actually be creative, which is like what, and like engage in creative projects, which is what I think is like the essence of being a human versus like the essence of like creating a software tool, you know, versus the actual like artistry around like modeling and fashion and doing like an editorial campaign or even doing like an e-commerce campaign that's like um, has more to do with like, the interplay between like the model and the and the photographer and the, the art director and everything like that. Like there's a reason why like I was sent to London to do like a campaign like that. And like my photographer was like from another country and like the, the whole thing. And if it was just optimized on efficiency, they would have just hired local, you know? So like, I don't think that that, that area is in danger. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you answered my next question, which was going to be that because, you know, earlier this year, there was that big thing with like the Hollywood writer strike and all that. And I don't do uh, models have like a union. Yeah, I think there is um, a model union. I don't know how how popular, like how many people I don't really I know that it exists, but I only know like one or two people that are involved. So you don't foresee yeah. like the union standing up for models rights against AI anytime soon. I don't know. I guess it depends on it depends on how how uh, how much the AI like impacts actual careers. Like right now, we're seeing a lot of fear, but we're not actually seeing a lot of like pain in the sense that like there are a couple of campaigns that avatars have been used in, and like that was kind of it. Um, I have no, I don't I don't really have an answer to that one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just spitballing, but. Uh... So um, what's your roadmap for this? Because I think it, you said it's in beta right now. So is there a, like an official launch date coming soon or? Yeah, so right now what I'm focused on is like signing as many brands as possible that have like a certain level of quality, obviously onto our um, platform and like iterating on our on our backend system accordingly because that you know like the more brands that come in it's like the more data that we have to like create the shape the vector space in a way that like detects these like nuances in, in like the fashion style and then i'm just gonna kind of see how people are interacting with it and continue to really like allow more people into the from the waitlist into the actual like private beta um as we go i'm i'm yeah, I'm just thinking a lot about like not kind of just like letting everyone in just to do it because I just want the product. I want to be able to iterate really fast with like the small sub, you know, sub group of people that like we've been testing with and then have it in like a controlled way so that we maintain users, you know. So you have a lot of relationships inside of the industry already. I'm sure that's been beneficial to you. Um, yeah. Have you found like being on the forefront of technology so people aren't really aware of it and maybe even like your age to to also leaving a company at such a young age do you have you found that to be like troublesome for trying to build the company or and like what are also some of the biggest challenges you've been facing yeah i think it's the it's a blessing and a curse and i my mentality in the beginning i actually struggled with it because i was just like there are competitors that are going to like if there's a competitor that like isn't female or like isn't young and like is a second time founder or something like they're going to like 
get ahead of me when I'm like creating a relationship with an investor and like they, I don't realize that like, they're not really going to take me seriously or, or whatever because of like all of those things about me. But on the flip side, like there are other people who are on our cap table or just like our advisors or whatever that like, they recognize that like, there's a lot of merit to someone who's young and exposed to everything that is new and like more, I, I guess like there's a, a, a greater ability to like dream when you don't know actually like everything that could go wrong you know and so like that enables you to build something that could actually turn into a billion dollar company versus like a company that also is very successful but like isn't like the the thing that like breaks the world you know um so I just remember that and like I keep that in mind of like there are like I'm just gonna keep the people around me that see all of those things that could be used against me as a pro rather than a con um, and that's worked, that's worked really well. As you build this out and, you know, let's go decades down the line, 10, 20, 30 years, do you foresee yeah. a future where there could be like no malls left in America? <laughs> I actually, I actually think that like the, the physical experience is something that we want to figure out how to break into after um, we sort of like tackle this first MVP problem. I think the lack of curation in the fashion, ex like shopping experience is not only a problem online, it's also a problem in store, but I don't think that replacing the experience of going into a store is the solution for that. I think that's something that we'll probably tackle, you know, after our initial MVP with the online market. Um, but I do think that there are value, there's like, the reason that people go inside of a store other than being able to see the stuff on them is like, it's an experience, like a thing that you do, you know? And I don't think that the solution to the problems inside of the physical shopping experience has to do with anything related to efficiency. It just has to do with like how to make that physical experience better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've, people have always told me I'm, I'm like an old soul. So mm -hmm. I'm one of those people that actually enjoy going, doing things in person. And yeah. um, so if I use this app and I like it, I'm someone who like, you know, not really into fashion, like shopping in person. So if I like it, then I know it's going to be really successful because I'm sure yeah. there'll be tons of other people out there who will love it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. It's the same of like uh, the way that like Amazon, while it, it is, was, I guess, I think the number one like book seller or provider or whatever, in the beginning, like bookstores still exist for that same reason where it's like, I'm not going to go to a bookstore to like have the efficient process of like being able to Amazon prime, like this niche, like book that I can't find anywhere else. And it'll come to my door like the next day, I'm going to go to a bookstore because it's an experience. Like that's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. Do you have any desire or dreams to launch your own fashion line directly within Shopari? Yeah, that's something that I think about a lot actually, because I would surprisingly I feel like everyone who knows me knows how like tech-minded I am but I would actually like to do that in the future I think right now I'm just like focused on building shop Ari making it the way that everyone shops in the future and then um and then seeing where it goes but I see it as a, a potential uh avenue in in the future I was actually a, a fashion designer in the Cornell Fashion Collective when I was still at school <laughs> that's awesome so like do you have any hard goals that you want to reach in 2024 or and you've talked a lot about how you just want to make the product as good as possible, which I think is a great idea because um, you can't be unsuccessful if the product is like a, its best possible version. But yeah. do you have any set goals for Shopari? 
Yeah, 2024, um, I'm hesitant to put a number to it, but my goal is to get as many users as possible with the greatest amount of retention as possible. And I think I'm going to set that number um, probably by like the end of January when I do a little bit more research into what is reasonable and then set the goal as like 2x that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've talked about it, how like people are going to go in there and directly search for stuff. But do you ever see uh, a future in where you know, there's like a for you page within it where people don't even need to have a direct thing they're searching for. They could just get ideas, I don't know, like on a for you page within the app. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's a couple different things that I've talked to people about with like creating social elements around it or creating just like feeds almost like that. It, it depends a lot about how people are using it. Like if people are going there and they want to just like kind of hang out on it, like the way that people do that on like Pinterest and they just like want to get ideas, then we're going to lean into that versus if we see that people are going there, like to the site when they specifically want to buy something, meaning like almost like we have a high, a high rate of like when someone logs in, they actually like complete a purchase, um, then we're going to lean into that. So I, I'm very much minded of like of the mind, I guess, that like everything that I do is going to be data driven. There's like 10 different paths that we can go, go down. And the one that we do go down is going to be less about like what I am thinking about with words and more about like what makes sense with numbers. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you have a ton of stuff on your plate every day. I'm, I'm interested. <laughs> I always ask people this question, like what's an average day in your life? Like just a normal day running this company? So it's funny you say that because when I started like First, it got signed and then I started the company and my friends were like, where are you? Like, why can't we hang out with you anymore? Like, why do you always leave early and like all this stuff? So I actually started posting on TikTok like day in the life of like what I actually do. And the original motivation of that was to literally just show my friends like I swear I'm actually really busy. I'm not just blowing you off. And then people like like them now. But anyway, that's kind of a long answer to say like it's so hard to say what I do every day because every day is different. All that I know is that like my Google calendar is jam packed. It's, it's, it really depends on like, if I'm, if we're thinking about like a new project build, like then I'm doing like a lot of research. So like, for example, like this white paper is like, this like massive, like where I'm just thinking a lot about a specific area of like the the recommendation system so like if i'm if i know we're building a new feature or thinking about something in the recommendation system that's new i'll be like just reading like hundreds of pages of like white papers or like things like that um like a lot of road mapping but then like if we're gonna go out to like raise then it's a lot of like crafting these very unique sort of like intro messages to all these investors and like finding the right people and, and approach there or if it's like I'm recruiting, then like I have like back-to-back -back meetings with like every single person that I could possibly like, you know, find that that could be a good fit. Or if it's modeling, then it's like I'm going to like meetings with IMG or I'm like shooting or like I'm just actually like getting my own like outfits together to like for my socials or whatever. Um, yeah. So there's really no no straight answer. <laughs> a lot going on. Um yeah. In the beginning, you mentioned how, you know, you were like at Cornell and then you kind of stumbled into the fashion industry. So yeah. is your true passion the tech behind what you're doing or <clears throat> the fashion aspect of it? And I guess you love both now, but which is like you're real passionate about. The thing that got me the most excited about AI was the intersection of like AI and how you can implement it into creative spaces in the beginning. So I would say my real passion 
wouldn't be exclusively fashion or exclusively AI. Like it actually is like the intersection of both. So is this the the first like major, I know on your other podcast I watched, which um, I forget the name, but if you want to mention it, so people can also watch that if they're interested, but you mentioned how you like had a yard sale flipping business when you were in like second grade. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you've been an entrepreneur for life. Um, yeah. But is this the first like legit company that you've started? Yeah. So that podcast is Ankur Patel's like modal um, podcast. He's awesome. He's an advisor for my company also, but um, yeah. So the, this is the first legit company. I, I started it like with the eBay business. I did that actually for a long time. I would like, yeah, make my dad drive me to these like yard sales at like 5am and like buy everything and refurbish it and flip it. And I like made an account under my dad's profile. So people would like take me seriously and stuff. Um, yeah, I had all these relationships with the, all these like curators of like all the stuff that I would buy. But anyway, and like collectors, whatever. So yeah, I started with eBay and then um, I did a bunch of like small projects within like school and Cornell and everything. And then I created that AI, like the Jewish robot AI called Robo Rabbi, which was also like not a full company. And then I dropped out of school and like actually incorporated my company. So this is the first like venture backed like thing that I'm planning on doing for years, you know. What do you think is the thing that drove you to like start you know, eBay shop, shipping or shopping at such a young age, like, has it just always been in you? Yeah, I think what was the most exciting when I was that young and I saw what I could do with eBay is like, I never actually was able to, see, I never really under, like saw or had the opportunity to like have something in my room that expanded beyond just like my own world and my own bubble of like going to school and like, doing stuff on my own, you know? And so when I got that first sale and when I started like looking into like what I could actually do with this is it was just like, was mind blowing for me that I could like build something that extends beyond my, you know, my small world at that point. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure nowadays you're obviously super focused on this, but if you had to name like one thing that you do to get away from it all, or just to have fun or a hobby, what would that be uh, nowadays? Yeah, I've met really amazing people throughout this process. So as much time as I can possibly spend uh, with people that I really love to be around, I guess that would be my number one. And then my number two is like reading about like everything. And that's like AI related or just like other very random interests. <laughs> so is um like ChatGBT, I think you said it was like, the backbone of your robot, robot, rabbi, whatever it's called one. Um, yeah. Is that used in this one too, or is it like your own technology? Yeah, this is a, is a hybrid. Obviously, like we are not, we don't have the means to train our bot on all of the information on the internet. Neither does like pretty much anyone except for open AI. Um, but we're not reliant on OpenAI exclusively. Like when everything was happening at um, over there, <laughs> we like switched to hugging face, like, it's a lot of it is very much just like custom infrastructure, but if we want to have like some sort of sentiment based, like understanding, meaning like, for example, someone asked her like where, what you should wear to like a UFO sighting. And she gave like athletic clothes. Cause she was like, you might have to run. Like we didn't train her what a UFO sighting was. Like we asked, we had a call to open AI that was like a UFO sighting requires like these activities. And then we matched it, you know? So I guess like the sentiment based understanding is relying on open AI and then everything else is like a custom um, model for like the fashion implication specifically. Have you messed around and just 
like entered ridiculous search search like options and seen what it's come up with and like what's the craziest thing you've like <laughs> looked up for no reason in there yeah i mean i do definitely mess around with it a lot i think the ufo thing was like the craziest one and then usually what i ask it is less about like let me just like like test her or like let me like give her something like totally outlandish which i probably should do because it's probably gonna be the first thing that people do when they get in their hands <laughs> but i usually yeah like i usually um come up with like something that I, th I think from a technical lens is going to be difficult for her to understand. Like I was like, show me something that's like Barbie core. And I'm like, is she going to show me something pink? Like, what is she going to do? And then another thing I asked her was like, what would I, what should I wear to impress um, my mother-in-law? Because you know, like mother-in-law is a very variable thing of like, it might be something that's really conservative or like whatever. And like the earliest iteration of Ari just returns like a bunch of t-shirts that said like, I heart mom. And then I was like, okay, we have to fix that. <laughs> Oh, is there like a lot of expenses um, for operating this company bef like before the pre-launch right now? Yeah, I mean, not a huge amount, but we obviously have like the startup credits with AWS and like that's super helpful. Um, other than that, like I have, you know, my team and and, and that stuff, but um, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy yet. We are, I do want to hire, um, you know, like some people full-time and that's going to be expensive. And so we did raise some money already just from like inbounds from angels um, and one VC actually, but it was never like an official round. So we're probably going to open um, like a pre-seed round uh, in the near future. We haven't set a date yet. So I don't know about AWS. Like do they, I guess they give startup companies to try and get them in their ecosystem early. Like they let you on there for free at first. Yeah, they give you like $100,000 worth of credits. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. I got to start a company and use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's genius for them. Like, assuming we become massive, like 100000 isn't going to be nothing. <laughs> exactly. And they're such a big company already. Okay, so last question. Yeah. Would, since this company is your baby, would you ever sell this company if it got big? Or are you in this till, you know, the grave for life? Yeah, yeah. That's a tough, I get that question about like the exit strategy a lot because obviously from investors and just like people, like other founders who are thinking about it, my mentality is like, this is my baby. So if I want it to be the most successful possible, then I'm not going to limit what the future holds based on what I want. Meaning like if, if a big company wants to buy it eventually, like and I see that there's a route for it to become, to for that decision to be something that makes shop Ari even bigger, then I'll totally do it. Because what my motivation is from the beginning is solving this problem inside of like the shopping experience and helping people find, you know, like their, their most authentic uh, form of self-expression with it, like through clothes. And um, I'm, I'm excited to do whatever it takes to, to make the biggest impact, whether it's owned by me or owned by someone else. <laughs> I think that's a noble mission and uh, I can't wait to see what Shopari does. It's exciting. I think there's so much, you know, territory to be conquered in the AI space and fashion being such a massive industry. I think, uh, I think it's going to be successful and I uh, think you're on a good path, but if you want to tell the people uh, where they could find you, Shopari, yeah, so I'm Lior Cole, L-I-O-R-C-O-L-E. People don't always...
get the eye <laughs> um, on, I'm most active on Instagram and, and TikTok and TikTok is where you will find the, what I do in a day, if that answer wasn't, wasn't very clear earlier. <laughs> and then for shop Ari, she has an Instagram of um, shop Ari. So um, S H O P obviously, and then A R I. Um, and if they want to sign up for the waitlist for shop Ari, it's just shop Um, But make sure that it comes up with like the waitlist and an avatar with a black background and, and the whole thing, because sometimes there's this other shop Ari site that ranks above us. So that's our first, I guess, tangible goal. It's like SEO, get that, get that site, get our site coming up first. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on today. I loved uh, learning about your company and uh, I wish you nothing but the best and good luck in the future. Hopefully we stay in touch and we'll check back in and see how it's going and Maybe the end of 2024 or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on.